When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me, and welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. 18 year old Grace Edwards turns in a stellar performance in Wes Anderson's new film, Asteroid City set at a junior stargazer space cadet convention in the 1950s. With co-stars like Scarlett Johansson, who plays her mother, a Hollywood actress named Midge Campbell, Tom Hanks, Tilda Swinton, and Jeffrey Wright, Grace Edwards holds her own as Dinah, a 15-year-old with a passion for botany and astronomy. Here is Asteroid City. My word, it's hot. It's the desert. What'd you expect? I don't know, but I'm wilting like a cut petunia. Asteroid City, from director Wes Anderson. Tonight you're in for a real treat. I don't like the way that alien looked at us. Secure the site. Detain all witnesses. I'm in no hurry. I like the desert. I like aliens. This isn't the beginning of something, is it? I'm very happy to have Grace Edwards with me here to talk about, among other things, the very special task of working with Wes Anderson and his unique visionary style. Grace Edwards, thank you so much for joining me and congratulations on your really great performance. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tell me about Dinah. Well, Dinah is a 15-year-old uh, whiz kid, a wunderkind, if you will, uh, with an affinity for botany and astronomy. And did you model her after anyone? She was modeled after a few people, not only for uh, her wardrobe, but also her personality. For wardrobe, she was sort of modeled after um, Sue Leon's Lolita and um, JC from The Last Picture Show. <laughs> and in terms of character, uh, Wes had me watch some Jodie Foster films to get a sense of her uh, logical and sensible presence on screen. So I was trying to go for something like that. I know that you have a very sophisticated taste in film yourself. Were these movies that you had seen and that you knew of? I think only uh, a few of them, but I'm glad to have watched her other films because she's very talented herself. So Wes Anderson is part of my DNA. Um, I think like from Rushmore, I think I had a thing for the lonely brainiac kid, but that's another <laughs> another story. But what was your relationship to him before getting into this project? Well, as a matter of fact, I had never heard of him, even when I was auditioning for the project. I was in upstate New York shooting Modern Love, and a colleague of mine was auditioning for it, and she told me of this audition. So I, I had a, I, I gave it a whirl, and, uh, slowly but surely, I, I figured, I mean, I learned who he was, and I started to watch a few of his films, and what a, what a, and what a great, a great artist to be able to work with. I mean, he is absolutely terrific. What did you think? Which movies of his grabbed you? Well, 
honestly, Bottle Rocket, I think, was my favorite oh, of his. first. Yeah, that's a great one. And why did you like that one? You know, I, I think there's nothing like a director's first film. I, I read... I've read a little bit about, you know, directors talking about their first films. And I, I think that there's you'll never get that sense again of not knowing what you're doing or a, a sort of freshness <laughs> that that you have, you know, and and figuring and forming yourself. And once you do it again and again after that, it's not quite the same as your first go around. I understand that the audition process this was during the pandemic right yes that's so right. you were actually doing your auditions on zoom i mean what is that like well i was doing sort of uh self tapes i did uh i did my first self tape of uh, moonrise kingdom it was the scene between susie and her mother and i was asked to read for both characters a take of each and all of the auditions after that all of the tapings were just of me reading it with with my mother and sending mm -hmm. them in there weren't really any zooms until we did rehearsals for me um this movie feels very very personal to him but i get the feeling and he said as much in interviews that he's really looking at art and the artist and and um there's a line that's i don't know remember it verbatim but keep telling the story even if you don't understand the play what did he tell you about the story and what he wanted it to be? When I first read the script, I told him, I thought, I, I found it very strange. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I had to read it a few times. Well, of course, but he also showed me an animatic, which he does for his films, you know, like a little um, cartoon, if you will, that shows each shot and how, you know, the, the essence of how he wishes it to be done. And I, after that, I, I think I, I made a lot more sense of it. And I really like the, I think it was important how he used contrast. You know, you have this, a very broadcasting, you know, Broadway, New York, black and white sort of presence. And then you have Southwest Desert with all these beautiful colors. And I think that, I, I think he really creates a, a lovely, a lovely picture with his, with his contrast in this, in this film. It's fascinating to understand how he works with you as actors, because, I mean, he has a very specific style, the framing, the mise-en-scene, the dialogue. How much do you actually work with him to get what he wants, his vision? Well, I think on set, we work very closely, the actors, with Wes. Um, he's very direct. He He knows everything you know he knows everything to find to find measurement i can believe so, that <laughs> oh yes yeah he he knows when you know the camera is slightly out of frame he he knows everything in a very deep specificity and well working with us he's just the same and he he if we have a if we're out of a certain an uh, a little area of ours you know he he knows how to tell us okay well when you do this, maybe bring it in a little more or try this, you know, at, when you hear when this line comes along, why don't you why don't you try doing something different or that's usually what he does. But he he always has a very clear image of, in his head, no matter what he has you do. I mean, I imagine there's not a lot of improv on a Wes Anderson set since he knows every detail, every mark where you're standing. Yes, Um it was very different. I had never worked with someone that specific before in terms of a directing style. 
Um, when I worked on Modern Love, it was very different. Celine and Logan were very spontaneous. Uh, they weren't even, they didn't, a lot of the times they didn't even want us to stay true to the dialogue. They wanted to keep it very uh, uh, fresh and, and um, surprising. But um, working with this, I think, made me very happy to to have had a taste of both directing styles, to be able to understand both a little more, I think. You're 18. You have a great career already, but of course, you're kind of starting out. This cast, it's Tom Hanks, it's Jason Schwartzman, it's Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldman. I mean, you name it. Tell me a little bit about working with Scarlett. She plays your mother. What did you learn from her? Meeting her was, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. She was, It was a very special thing for me. And Watching her and being around her, she's she carries this uh, grounded sensibility, and she's she's very apt to to take a moment and to stop things when they go awry, or if there's miscommunication or uh, a, a kink in the system, she always is able to spot it. I think, mm-hmm. and she's always able to assess it very clearly. <laughs> and I I think she has very much paved the way for young actresses like me and. Um, you know, some of my colleagues that I've worked with. And I think it's very important to to have been uh, able to work with someone like her. And is there anyone else in this vast cast who really made an impression on you? Jeff Goldblum was very nice. He was, uh, he would come over and talk to us and he would try to, he would discuss the backstage scenes with us. I mean, I didn't have any of the scenes in the backstage. Well, I had one, just that little shot in the beginning. But uh, he was he was very poetic, and he he loved to talk about it, and he loved to um, he loved to talk about deeper meanings behind scenes and characters and and dialogue. And I, I loved that about him. He was he was very warm and open. That's exactly us. how I imagine him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's, I mean, definitely some crazy scenes in all Wes Anderson movies, but this one, no doubt. For you, was there a day on the set when you were like, what the hell is this? How are we going to be? What was the craziest day for you? Oh, the first one, of course. (laughs) I get out there. What was that like? It was well. It was sweltering outside, and it was there was dust everywhere, and and you're filming in Spain, right? Yes, a yeah. little town uh, south of Madrid called Chinchon, <laughs> a beautiful little town, very historical. And we're out on this. Uh, I think it's a a, a, a plot of, of of a farm that they built on which they built the set. And I get out there. I, mean, I had already they'd taken me out there to see it before. But when I on the day that I was shooting, it was very hot and, and there was dust everywhere. And we were all. Um, you know, breathing that in, hacking and coughing and sneezing. And <laughs> and it was, we had to shoot some shots of the memory game scene, the first round of it. And uh, I th- I think it was a very daunting first day for me. I, that I, was a lot of dialogue in that scene. It, there was a lot. And we had to, I mean, that all those names were memorized. We all had to remember everything. And I think shooting that and and being there and and getting a taste of what it was really like my first day, I was very. I don't think I was intimidated, but I think I was. Uh, I, I had to. I had to be very patient. <laughs> it was a lot for my first day. Take me back a little bit. Were your parents in the industry? How did you get started? 
No, I, I have absolutely no industry blood. <laughs> <laughs> what is your blood? <laughs> uh, well, I, I just, I, I started doing school plays when I attended school in the first grade. And the reason why was because I, I would watch, you know, the, the little plays they were doing and I wasn't old enough to join the theater program. And I didn't like that very much. I liked I liked how everyone got to go up there and and express their their creative uh, in, endeavors and and they they I <laughs> I coerced them mm-hmm. <laughs> into letting me into letting me up there. And so uh, and then I think I took a little hiatus after that. I was very young, so I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do per se. But then I, I got to do a little bit of uh, theater at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah. I got to do a little little productions with them. And I, I very much enjoyed that. And we sort of came out to California after just to stay at a friend's house. And we figured if we were this close to where all the magic happens, we might as well <laughs> just jump right in. And we did. <laughs> what roles are you looking for? Are you- <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I like the films along the lines of of Astrid City. I like art house cinema very much. I like European films. I like psychological thrillers. I, I like films that um, that make you think very deeply, <laughs> whether you agree with them or not. Just something very poignant, but also thought-provoking. Who are your dream directors or writers? Well, I, <laughs> I love Charlie Kaufman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. Um, writers, I like Craig Mazin. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to him many times. He's so great. Oh, I bet he is. He, mm-hmm. What a talent. <laughs> so you like The Last of Us. Do you play? I, you know, I did not, I did not see The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I never, I. Is this Chernobyl? Yes, Chernobyl. Yeah. That's yeah. The, yes. But I, I would like to see The Last of Us because I, I've only heard wonderful things about oh, it. It's great. I want to give it my time very much. And what's your next film? Well, I <laughs> I haven't I haven't anything aligned yet. <laughs> there are a few things in the air. <laughs> I want to end up talking about someone I haven't been able to talk with anyone before. I walked into a small, small art gallery many, many years ago in Rome, um, and there was this exhibition of an American street photographer named Vivian Mayer. She was a photographer. Well, she was a nanny, and they actually found her photographs after she had passed. And she made such a huge impression on me and her pictures, especially her pictures of, of children on the street. And you're the first person I read that adores her tell me why you like her let's get people to see her stuff (laughs) (laughs) yes i i would love to get people to see her stuff she's marvelous i love her i think because she was so obscure and she was so private and i can very i think i can very much relate to her she didn't she didn't like to to talk about much concerning herself she didn't she didn't like to say no one knew anything about her when she was alive we sort of found out about her through her pictures after the fact someone found in an auction or something like that or yes that's right John Maloof he found Mm -hmm. all he found all of her all of her work and I I think I I greatly appreciate just uh who she was as a person uh, firstly and then you know through her her work so I, when I discovered her, I, I remember when the documentary uh, Finding Vivian Meyer came out, uh, I think it was for Sundance, 
And as a young girl, I think I was only seven or eight when that came out, but mm. it resonated with me quite instantly. And I hadn't even gotten a taste of uh, doing photography yet. Well, this is my idea, Grace. You're going to play her. <laughs> and then we'll get some great <laughs> director or even Craig to do it. And soon you'll be able to do her. I think that would be great. That's my idea. <laughs> I think that's a terrific idea. And I'm not opposed to it by any means. We'll put this out in the universe. Yes, we'll, um, give it, we'll give it good energy. Well, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. You're a really talented um, young actor. And um, thank you so much for taking your time with me here and for Asteroid City, which I love. And Absolutely. Thank you very much for talking with me. Thank you so much to Grace Edwards. Asteroid City is out now. Make sure not to miss it. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Pop Culture Confidential is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. See you next time. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon